0: Isn't this what we all try to do, like to be super specific on what is it that we need and have, I guess, confidence in that it's the right things and then stick to those things in the hiring process because we know it will have consequences. And I think the example you give, I have another founder that's working, um, with Alaban using our, our tool, they have the exact same experience where they're like, well, a couple hires in. We are now always making sure that the logic ability is to the level that we anticipate for this specific role because when we deviated, it didn't work out. So we have, like, even if their CSM could have told them that it's likely that this will be helpful, they experienced it and then had something to really like cling on to which made it so much easier. Because when you all agree on like, these are the core aspects, we will not deviate from this. We can deviate from others, but not this. I think it's so much easier. Welcome to How We Hire, a podcast by Alva Labs. With me, Linnea, licensed psychologist and head of people. This show is for all of you who hire or just find recruitment interesting. In every episode, I will speak with thought leaders from across the globe to learn from their experiences and best practices within hiring, building teams, and growing organizations. Our guest on today's episode is Amanda Held. Amanda is a licensed psychologist and an expert in human behavior. She has a long background from the assessment industry, where she's helped several global companies improve their accuracy and objectivity in their hiring. Before the last year, she has worked at StoryKit as a people and performance manager, where Amanda has the fascinating job to take performance management to the next level. By breaking down performance into concrete behaviors and helping the organization follow up on these, Amanda is the performance expert we all need to hear from. Welcome to How We Hire, Amanda. Thank you. So glad to be here. Fantastic to have you here. And I think the topic that we're going to talk about today is obviously performance, how to work with that, but we're going to tie it to hiring because in my mind, all organizations are striving to kind of close the feedback loop and making sure that they hire the right people. Hopefully then by like evaluating if we did hire the right people and let that inform who we hire next. But the problem with that is that performance is so hard to measure like the feedback loop is so long when it comes to hiring like you hire someone and then you don't know how they perform until several, like months later let's start from the beginning of, like what performance is and what you do but tell us a little bit about like your role at StoryKit and what does StoryKit do?
1: So StoryKit is a platform that uses AI to turn any text that you have into high performance with video content. So we're SaaS company, a scale up, and as I said, like you could use any text and you put it in our tool, and that you get a video out of it. So it's like this classical SaaS company, and my role I would say is very fascinated because it comes from the world or like the thought of like okay. So if you look at any sport club, any like high-performing team, they have like a coach, they have an in-house psychologist helping the people, you know, to find the motivation and help them perform. And we're taking that thought into our world, in our tech world. And so my job is to identify like what behaviors drive success, try to figure it out on a very, very detailed level for each team, and then when we have that, okay, common understanding, we have a framework, then we want to try to find a way of measuring performance, as you say, like how do we measure those behaviors and performance? And the most important, like how could I, how could manager coach and facilitate that people actually do the right behaviors and that they grow within the role? So we're taking performance in that sense. We're talking a lot more about like behaviors, the behaviors we want you to do in order to perform. First of all, you have my dream job. Second of all, <laughs> I think the
0: the concept of performance is, as we said, like vague and wide. So, um, can't you just break it down? Like, what is job performance and performance in the world that you're working in?
1: So, of course, like the ultimate performance, and if you all ask all our manager, is to deliver. On targets so okay we have a sales team of course performance in that is to sell well but everyone knows that and it doesn't really help the individual that much to say like okay so you're a good performer if you sell well I mean that's that's so obvious so what what we're trying to do is also to break down for us performance is to do these kind of behaviors because if you do that and if you do it in a consistent like long term you will reach a good performance so we try to more Focus. We try to encourage the behaviors rather than the actual. Like, okay, you reach your target Of course, that is something to celebrate as well. But also to try to celebrate more the the behaviors that we think will lead you to the behavior, to the performance. Because then, as you say, it could be multiple reasons why a person doesn't perform, or you know, why we're not selling, or why your products are down, etc. So. It could be really hard for, for the individual to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, understand what I should do. Or I feel motivated because it might be, you know, micro, micro economics that uh, that affects you. But the, rather than to focus on what behaviors do I need to do, and this is. I guess why it is really hard and complex to talk about
0: performance because it differs for different roles. You need to get to that like nitty gritty level to really have like something that's helpful for the individual and the team. And I guess if we link that to hiring, that's why it's so hard to set the right job description because we need to capture so much. So we have to be vague but that also like moves away from the concrete, like what is it that you need to do? I would love to pick your brain on how do you identify these behaviors? Like what is
1: crucial for like high-performing teams? How, how do you find out? So we try, or well, I deep dive, really deep into each team so that's a very luxurious task I try, try to like live and breathe their job so I sit down I do like analysis of their like team meetings what did you do I try to piggyback we have this recording um meeting recording tools so I like watch a lot of meetings Okay, and the people that actually like, you know, when we get the nice deal, I try to understand, like, what did we do? How could we get that sign, etc.? Or we have a person that, you know, been delivering really good from onboarding. Like, how could I understand that? And for some cases, we can find, you know, the the, the answers already in our assessment data. I mean, that's the ideal. Okay, we see, you know, the people that are performing, they often have, of course, a uh, high fit to our, to our role profiles but it can also be you know that I interview a lot of people and say like okay what is when you really feel like you're performing well when you're doing those behaviors what happens could, how could I understand so I try to work very tightly in both like talking a lot with the teams talking a lot with the manager okay we're having a down period why is that you know what what is the behavior missing what would we like to add but also to look at more like data and see like, okay, so we have this amazing salesperson who's deliver solid each month. What does he or she does? Like, how could we pick that person brain? Is it something that is unique for that market or could we like take it to other markets? So I would say it's fairly <laughs> intense work and, and it demands quite high presence in the team. Yeah, but it's also super interesting to, to be that, to be able to deep dive. <laughs>
0: What I find interesting here is that when you talk to a lot of good recruiters uh, or a lot of like CHROs or, you know, head of talents that, that really have, like, they often mention that the aspect that makes the biggest difference is if you're very, like, close to the business, if you really, like, understand what's happening. I think this is such a good example of how you can understand the business and really take that to the next level. It is about tagging along to me things. It is about like analyzing the KPIs, but also like understanding what behavior takes you to the result in the KPIs. So it sounds like super data-driven from different sources, both uh, hardcore like business KPIs, recruitment KPIs, interviews, and I guess coding of behaviors that you're like watching.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mapping and coding, definitely.
0: So 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 when you have, you sit there with all this information, what do you do next to kind of draw conclusions based on it?
1: I do this mapping, as you say, I try to create a framework and which... Like, so, which is, uh, you know, to to boil everything down and to make it as, you know, extensive as it needs to be, but still as slim. So, you know, we can also, or I can get a buy-in from like the manager, the people working the team, because it doesn't really matter that I sit on like, okay, so I have mapped the key behaviors like this and this and this. They really need to feel like, okay, these are behaviors that I feel motivated of doing, might be hard, I'm not maybe doing all of them. But I understand that they will more likely, you know, drive me to the performance I want to do. So it's a lot, you know, to, to create the framework, but then also to, you know, sell it to them and to, to have them understand. And often that is quite easy because, you know, they know that I've been involved. I don't create anything from scratch. I take what I see and I try to, you know frame it but that makes us have a common language moving forward and then we also try to you know say that this is set for now in two months time we need to change most likely, but we need also to have some kind of, you know, stickiness and, you know, okay, so as you say, like, okay, when we're going to recruit, we're going to use this as our framework because we think right now, these are the things. So we both need to be, you know, flexible and seeing, okay, this is what it is for now. It might change, but we also need to, you know, have every commitment, okay, these are the things we need to do. And that speaks well to the sports metaphor.
0: Like my, I have a background in track and field. So I ran the 100 meters, for instance, and uh, in the 200 meters. And obviously you can't focus on like everything and you can't improve on all aspects at once. You need to boil down to like what's the current status, what are the most important aspects I need to work on and take like, I guess, one thing at a time. Uh, and then that will, maybe when I've nailed the, how I, uh, you know, draw my first arm in this, from the starting blocks, uh, when I really understood that, then two months later, as you say, it will be something else I need to focus on. It might be the finish or, yeah. So I, I think that that speaks well to how you compare your, like your job to a sports coach. One other thing I think is interesting here, you mentioned like you look at the full team, but you also mentioned like, oh, that salesperson, that's really like a high performer. Like how how do you weigh performance information from like individual versus group? What do you think is most important
1: to focus on? I think it's it. Interesting to have both. I do think it's very dangerous to, you know, just look at one person and say, like, this is the way we should do, because, I mean, it could be so many different circumstances, especially for us working, you know, in a very international environment. So that particular salesperson might have a market that is unique for that person. I also think it's a bit different, you know, or dangerous when you try to you know copy (laughs) too much of like okay so this person is doing this and this and then i can see a tendency in our salesperson like they try to you know make their personality something they're not or something so they could be seen then as a bit unnatural so i try to you know as i say i think it's of course we should be inspired we should look at people like okay this single individual is doing something good but we also need to look at it like okay but what what is it is it this and this behavior or is it you know the market etc so i try to combine those of course but i, I think it's it needs to be more than just one person. So we try to find trends. And especially also since we work in different markets, we need to find something that is a bit universal for all. So like, okay, behavior concerning structure, that would be super important for all. Like, okay, how could we work for everyone to create more structure? And then for some persons, it might be, you know, more needed than for some, but it's it's still needed for everyone.
0: So it sounds like finding the smallest common denominators between like what works for a lot of people, and then enforcing those behaviors. Yes, yes. I think to make it even more concrete, can you give some examples? I know that you worked with your sales team, but maybe even other teams. What were some of the behaviors that you found? impacted performance so that people can steal these for their dope descriptions
1: yeah definitely (laughs) so we're taking i would say a fairly broad perspective so we have both like activities within you know For our most junior sales role, our sales development representative, we also find an area, you know, to drive your own development as a key. We can see that the person that, you know, leverage both within the role, but also in the company are people that actually, you know, are curious, try to always, you know, alternate the way they work, you know, listen to others. So, you know... I would maybe say that it's more like a soft skill or like a behavior that you know, you know, you, you try to make yourself better, but it can also be, as I said, creating structure to start today, you know, this classical thing. start today with to-do list. What to, should I prioritize? What could I do tomorrow? What should I do today? We're talking a lot about having the high activities. So, you know, start the morning by, you know, having high activities. So you don't like have a tendency of continuing to do a lot of behaviors. So if you start the morning meeting, you know, by being active, raising your hand, comment on the colleagues comments, et cetera, you're more likely to keep that activity up when you're entering your customer meeting, so to say. So it's... One part that is a lot about, you know, keeping structure, the way of working, driving business, but then we can also be, you know, for our customer success team, for example, we have a lot of focus on like create the relationship with the customer, create stickiness. How do you do that? I mean, for some it comes super natural, but we would like to have the framework that could help everyone. Okay, what are behaviors that we tend to do, you know, that creates a relationship? So we try to help and look at it in in multiple ways. So both like performance in the sense of driving the business or driving towards your KPI, but also, you know, shipping into the team, develop yourself, have a transparent dialogue, stuff like that. To summarize it, the
0: SDR role at StoryKit at least, but likely some of these things are transferable to other uh, other organizations. It sounded like... Success criterias are like constantly learning and changing and adapting. Another one was the like keeping a high level of structure. You mentioned like starting your day with a to-do list. And then the final one was having that like high activities, like bias for action almost. If we take that specific example, how do you let those three examples now that you shared inform your future hiring?
1: So I would say that's like the key. In both like a future hiring and our return process. So now we have the framework. We know, okay, we need to have people that are like both able to, you know, follow ways of working. We want to have people that are, you know, could improve, that could, you know, be trustworthy, et cetera. So then what we do then is to rebuild our recruitment process based on those. So we try, okay, we know that these things are key, How could we measure them already in the recruitment process? How could we communicate also in our recruitment process? So it's really clear for the person stepping into, okay, these are the things that the job is about. These are the behaviors that I will practice, that I will try to develop in order to do the job as possible. We use the framework and then we try to see like, okay, what kind of assessments do we need in order to measure them? And then, you know, as you know, we try also to narrow it down so we don't measure everything in the first interview or in the case or what it is so we try to like okay maybe it's good for our first interview to focus on could you like follow our work uh, ways of working could you find a structure and then you know try to identify that in the candidates what are the
0: biggest changes that you've done to your SDR hiring process based on the initial findings when you work close with the team and their performance
1: I would say, I mean, we had a really nice recruitment process already, but I would say adding, you know, just more structure to the process. And I think like we also have the sense of, you know, we recruited a person that maybe had a really strong drive or, you know, we could see like (laughs) excelling in the company but we had a problem with people staying to the actual role so actually like more drawing the attention like but we're hiring you for this role what is needed to perform in this role rather than maybe before you know hiring just this amazing person who has a good energy but most likely will you know and the, 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 the employment because they're they're not so fitted to just this role. So both creating this framework, so both like me managing know what exactly should we assess, but also more drawing it to this is the job that this person is actually gonna do. Is this a good fit? And then I mean it's a big, big plus if there's a per- person that could grow within the company, but but it's more essential that it actually, learn, you know, thrive in that role. Because if it doesn't, it will have no chance of excelling further on.
0: Such a good example of how the hiring process is both about like assessing, defining the right candidate, but also about setting the right expectation and kind of managing people uh, where you need both for to be successful.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's the framework has helped manager also, communicate more like clear in the recruitment process so we have identified these four areas what do you think about that could you sign up for that you know so just also help us to find the best match on both sides when we could be more clear I think that's uh, like
0: both interesting and fascinating and like so many levels but and, and to dive into the manager example how has this work made life maybe harder but also easier for a manager when they
1: when they know like these are the performance indicators but how do they act on that i would say most managers are super grateful and they feel like, wow, this is, you know, a support for me. It makes me so much clearer. We have a common language, you know, we can base our performance reviews, we can, you know, tailor our recruitments. So I think most managers just like tick in the, the framework and like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, I can also see a danger in it because we had some cases when when they're like, But you know, this is not in the model. How should I know? (laughs) It's like, yeah, okay, this is not in the model. So we need to have both, you know, thoughts uh, in mind at the same time. So this is something that we have that we see. So I think at the start, most managers are super, you know, thrilled. It's very welcomed. But then, of course. puts a lot of you know demands on them to also change a bit in their focus you know because they're so used to you know just clapping and cheering when you you know we get that meeting booked or we get that sell or you know we're expanding a a client what it is so but also I mean it demands them to be more present in the daily day job to also see those like small behaviors and also like practice them to reinforce them
0: Okay, so maybe we've already covered this, but repeat or or maybe slightly different. But could you share some like key strategies that you and use at StoryKit to ensure like a high level of hiring accuracy?
1: So what we have done, as I said, we had put a lot of focus in trying to understand what drives success, what kind of persons actually thrives. And then it's of course also to include to do retros and try and what people don't thrive what people actually like quit before so i think a lot of the work has done to just like understand that has been like a key key thing but then as as i also mentioned to tailor as much as possible of the recruitment process to actually measure those kinds of things and to know like when are we measuring what? Like we have the, you know, the assessment tool. What do we actually, what kind of information do we get there? What kind of information do we need to add on, et cetera? So just to create a structure for the manager, I think has been super, super crucial. And, and as I said, also to communicate. So we actually, when we get the sign, we know that the ca- candidate also understand. And as much as possible about the job about the role about like how will a day look like for you so we are more likely you know to get the person that on board that fits that has the potential to do the job in a good way but also you know sign up for for the journey and sign up for the role and I think
0: I mean as we kind of said in the beginning this feels like job description on drugs uh, but I, I have to ask because I mean you have to start with one team and then take the second team and you know. Was it first? Are you done with all the teams? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it,
1: it has taken so much longer than than I thought at the beginning. And it's also due, or thanks to I would say our CEO who really like, you know, pushes me to do it, really like, you know, super ambitious, super high quality. Well, I have the tendency of like, okay, next team, he's like, oh no, we really need to set the structure before moving on. I've been here for like 14 months. I've done three teams so far, which is of course our like biggest teams. I would say it's one uh, that is not done, which is super big as well that we need to do. And then we have like smaller teams. So we'll see how much like time and effort we will put in that.
0: How frustrating is it for like you and the managers that you, where you haven't gotten to those teams that see how does that affect the lunchroom engagement in the conversation?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a bit frustrating. And it's, you know, you can also see that it's it's needed in all the departments. And then, you know, they're like, okay, we would like to have, you know, a performance review, or we would like to tweak our recruitment process. And then I'm like, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do it super nice, but you have to wait, you know, in four months time. So it's uh, it's a bit frustrating that, you know, you can't, that's our whole idea. We're, like we're doing it really high quality. We're doing it so much, you know, my time in it. But then it it's also then a period where they're like, okay, so something amazing is happening to the other teams. And they're saying this and this and this is amazing. Could I just get it now? And it's like, no, <laughs> no, you can't. So as you say, it's frustrating. I think it's a lot of things that the manager wants until you know they're also asked to put in their own time, their own resources, and <laughs> they're like, "Oh,
0: can you do it for me?" Because I mean, that was another question: was were everyone as happy and? you know desirable for this outcome in the beginning
1: like the first team no and i would say the first team was like the the big guinea pig team so they were also like a lot that i was like creating as we were doing things super grateful for those managers because they were so patient but as you say like for some manager they have the daily business that is the most important so you really have to tease them with something like okay so you know our recruitment process will actually be built on this we will have a higher accuracy you know how much time it takes to onboard this will help us in that so you really need also like to tie this work that we do to their actual like output and the the, the how it makes their life easier easier in four months time so to say
0: right So always linking it to the outcome, the value, the business like outcome for them. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think one aspect you say here is that it takes time. What would you say are like common challenges, obstacles that companies do face when they try to improve their like hiring ac- accuracy?
1: Maybe they try to do it like too much in and in too different way, and maybe not have a structure. In my mm-hmm. mind, it's also about
0: that it takes so long. And I mean, to the way that you described it, it is super complex to get it really right. And therefore it's almost like, well, I can't do what Amanda's doing because I don't have the time or resources or buy-in for my CEO or whatever. Or it's just like, If I can do that, yeah, it's mega, mega hard. But then like, what's the lightweight version? Is it accurate enough? Is it even worth doing it? And then I think another final one is it takes so long. Like when I hire person A, they have a notice period from their current company. So they start in like two, three months and then they're onboarding for a couple of months. And then we don't really see like the accurate performance several months later so and then I've already hired five new people to that team so it's almost like a holy grail to kind of have that feedback loop that's accurate
1: valuable enough but that's also like possible to work with I don't know what do you think definitely like you shouldn't make it too big because then you have a tendency of not doing anything but I think as as you say like to try to identify some kind of like core in each role and to make sure like do we actually measure that core when I stepped into one role we had a lot of or I thought it was a big problem that we couldn't, you know, we didn't have an internal movement because every candidate that done a certain case, they failed. And they were like, no, this person is not good enough. And I was like, could I see the case? Like, what do we actually measure? And then we measured more, you know, go to market salesperson who could really like, you know, like first in, you you like cracking the market. And this was not... And not close at all to what this person was gonna do. So I was like, okay, so we're giving them a case with really, really, really high bar. And and we feel like they're failing, but when actually they're gonna do the job is a whole different role. So we actually like remade this case of like, okay, but what are expected for this role? So I think like that is something quite common that you create a process, you create perhaps a case, and then it lives on further along but it's not relevant anymore because now we have already three people who already opened this market so this will more like you know join in it doesn't have to have a lot of new ideas because we know what to do so you have to be really good at that rather than you know create things I think super valuable to identify what is exactly done for this job and then to try to do we measure that or no maybe you need to have a multiple case for the same role because it differs between the market or junior or senior etc so you can't just have like one process and think like okay so we set this and now we can use it three years by default so i think that's that's important like what do we actually what information do i get from this and this is the right information that i need
0: Mm, so it always boils down to, these are the core aspects of the role. Do we measure that? Do the manager work with that? Do we set the right expectations based on those? So kind of having that as foundation. And speaking of these core aspects of a role, how can you define these desired skills? The question is twofold, both in like the really like accurate way when you have a lot of time, Also then, how can you, what are the hacks so you can get there faster when you don't have the opportunity to do everything that you're doing?
1: I mean, you can get a lot of help from, from, I mean, your tools, from what we know about personality, big five, we know some things that are like, okay, these are traits that most likely will help us to get a good person on board. So, I mean, there are a lot of existing knowledge that you use. If you use conscientiousness, then you will. Be probably good off. And I think it's one challenge that I've seen in our organization, and I'm sure others that you know, the the list, the wish list is super long. But then you like, when you really try to like, but is this very important? Ah, you know, maybe not. Okay. I mean, you could really like try to cut it down. I think that it makes the life so much easier because then it broadens the scope, right? So, okay. We really need to have a university degree to our most like junior roles. Ah, uh, You know, maybe, maybe not, but it shows some kind of drive. Yeah, but, you know, you could also have the drive without the university degree. Let us skip that. Let's try. So, you know, as you said, to try to narrow it down and to identify like, but this, this, this is really key. We've seen before, like, if you don't have that, that would not be good. And then... You could stop there, right? You can you could like okay, let's let's just find those three or four, four things, rather than you know try to find these twenty things.
0: So it's, the hacks are listening in or leaning against existing research. So and I mean, I, given that we we come from from similar backgrounds, I guess just to to state the maybe not obvious for everyone in fact here but like research shows where you if you measure measure traits such as conscientiousness and logic ability those are the two like general traits that are often helpful in most type of jobs so leaning on that is one one hack and then I think the other one at least what I take with you me from from your describing it is questioning what is What's the actual like behaviors that you want from the expectation that you set? Like, so, For instance, say the diploma, the university degree, like is it the degree in itself or like what is it that you think that you measure with it? I think that's a great question because, well, no, it's drive. Great, then let's measure drive. Let's not measure the degree in itself. I think that's a good just question to have in your back pocket to take in like a startup meeting with a manager or something like that.
1: Definitely. And I mean, that's what I see when I do, when I've done this framework. I mean, it's nothing. We use our words. We're using, you know, a framework that our employees can relate to but I mean it doesn't you know bring like wow this is revolutionary you need to have a structured day in order to perform it's like yeah <laughs> we knew that we knew that that's quite common sense right but it's something you know thing also about you know they've been telling their story we've been putting our words in it but it's as you say there are so much like research going on or have been done that you can also lean on. But I think that is an interesting aspect
0: because Having worked in the like assessment industry, where if you have a good test provider, for instance, those tests will be based on research evidence that's like very, very well documented. But there's something that happens that you sometimes almost need like that internal evangelist to make people believe in it. But as soon as you can like translate it into your own words, we've we've proven that it works for us. It makes such a big difference. And even if you come to the exact same conclusions, I think that's that's one of the reasons. Like in the US, a lot of organizations will use assessment and like personality test and they will roll that out by doing like a validation study. You can almost like wave the proof in the faces of the uh, skeptics, where it's like more of a leap of faith to just start using And I think there's something interesting in I've set down. I've done the coding of everyone's behaviors. We're using the language that you can relate to, even if it's still like, yeah, have a structured day. And that might be obvious, but maybe it wasn't obvious. And out of of all the things we do, you can still like lift
1: that up and show that it's something special. Yeah. And as you say, like they, they, they believe in me, they have faith in the process. And then when you say that, they're like, yeah, wow, structured day. But if they just like hear it from somewhere else, they're like, yeah, you know, it doesn't really relate to me. So to feel that that connectedness. Yeah, so powerful. Okay, Amanda, let's talk red flags. So say then we,
0: let's picture the scenario that we've done, the like proper analysis, we know the core competencies, we measure those in our hiring process. Like what are like indicators, red flags that can help like you and the team to kind of determine if a candidate will be successful or not. So
1: I find it super interesting to because we're also you know recruiting in, in a market where it's something sometimes like lack of candidate maybe we should could not always pick or we could pick but you know we have to you know make adjustments on something and i would say for us especially in some roles it's of course the logical ability is really big fat like. we can see like if we go lower on that level it will be difficult because the role is so complex. So we try to, you know, for some role, be really, really strict. And it's also really good learning, especially for manager, when we have done, for instance, so like, okay, so this person is not a structure. She doesn't score high on consensuousness, for example. And then I'm like, okay, I, I wouldn't go for this, but I mean, it's it's your choice. <laughs> so, and then higher, and then we found out after a while like okay this was not the best match so i think like in some cases you as a manager also need to experience okay so we already saw the right red flags in the recruitment process because we've done this we know that these things are important and of course there are you know you should always believe in people there are you could be surprised but it's also so powerful you know to let the person see it with their own eyes okay but wow you really need to score high on the logical ability test or you really need to have conscientiousness because otherwise it can be this consequence so i would say like the red flag is when something is really off Mm,
0: on those core aspects that you've identified yeah
1: yeah, so we have these four things that is super important. And if you don't match those, I think it will it could, of course, be great, but but most likely it will be better if, if we have a match. This gives me proper talent acquisition
0: butterflies in my belly. Because I mean, isn't this what we all try to do? Like to be super specific on what is it that we need and have, I guess, confidence in that. It's the right things, and then stick to those things in the hiring process because we know it will have consequences. And I think the example you yeah, give I have another, it's a one of a founder that's working um, with Alban using our, our tool. They had the exact same experience where they're like, well, a couple of hires in, we are now always making sure that the logic ability is to the level that we anticipate for this specific role because when we When we deviated, it didn't work out. So we have, like, even if their CSM could have told them that it's likely that this will be helpful, they experienced it and then had something to really, like, cling onto, which made it so much easier. Because when you all agree on, like, these are the core aspects, we will not deviate from this, we can deviate from others, but not this.
1: I think it's so much easier. And as you say, it's so much easier when they have a person connected to it. You know, you could say like research, you know, the likelihood, but when you can actually name drop, you know, you know, when we hired this person and it turned out like that, you know, let's not go there. And they're like, oh no, not let's not go there. Yeah. No, that, I think that's a
0: powerful experience when you were the one having to deal with something not working out, maybe even seeing other great team members leave because of that. I mean, yeah. It's really, really powerful. And then I think it's it's worth talking a little bit about, you know, hiring accuracy and hiring for performance and then like culture fit. Do you have any, like, how do you balance those two? Do you focus on like only performance or is the other one important?
1: We do have both aspects, definitely. It's very interesting, I would say, to hire focus culture fit because i would say our organisation is in this you know we're evolving we're growing so it's also a bit hard to put the fingers down and say like this is our culture so it could also be i think it's it's a bit dangerous to say like this is a culture fit because yeah it's a culture fit for us today (laughs) in half a year we will be a different company so it could also be tricky and in both ways we could also be that we're you know hiring a person that it has more a fit for a bigger organization that we aim to be and then we think like okay so this person will add on you know a more mature company ways so to say but then it's very important that they're also like the journey And to be transparent okay so we're aiming to be here in one year we're not there would you find it okay so yeah we try to evaluate both i would say like both the performance in the role how likely are you to you know be be a, a good star at our team but also like of course will you be a fit to to our company I think if I look back, we've been focusing a lot about being a fit to the company. So we have a lot of people who are like amazing together because we're so convenient with each other. We're we are so like we're super extroverted. But maybe that's been more the focus than actually like doing the job, performing, enjoying the ride and the journey forward. So I think we need to have both. But it's, I think it's also dangerous to focus too much on the fit because as I said we're changing so much so you'd rather have a person that it's a bit more agile or have openness for example because it it will
0: change but like honestly that's something I think I have been poor at in my role just to, to state that the culture will change with the like journey that you're on maybe it will change less if you're this massive company with you know thousands and thousands of employees and really like set processes and all of that but probably will change there too <laughs> because you know the culture is so built by the people that are I mean it's the people that creates it and I think just stating that is so important and something like I know that I need to do do a lot better uh, so that's a good reminder okay so I mean we've kind of hippy-toed around the, the the concept of like hiring KPIs and how do we measure hiring accuracy and all of that. So what role does like data analytics play here when it
1: comes to measuring and evaluating hiring accuracy? Like how do you do it? It's super interesting. I mean, we're fairly small. We're 120. So we don't, I would say, of course, if you have hiring Hundreds. It's more easy to lean on data because now also like when I look at our data set, it could be, you know, a team of 30. We don't really get those like significant results that you could withdraw a lot of information from. We try to track... Of course, length in role, as we see as one indicator, because we, as I said, we're trying to shift and try to say like, okay, we really want to hire a person who wants to do this role and to do that amazingly. And then it's a bonus if the person can grow, but if it doesn't like, you know, want this role in the first case, it won't succeed and it will definitely then not be up for an internal promotion. So length in the role is something that we look at do you have
0: an idea of or like an, a target for how long you will see what's a success here is it one year two year five years ten years
1: so it's it's different from the different roles in our most junior sales the SDR role we have approximately 10 months as like okay if you stay 10 months and you're delivering well we're happy right and then if a person wants to stay two year we are thrilled right but but we have like that as like, okay, if we if we manage to, you know, have you up and running, that you deliver, that you're happy for 10 months, then we can also like you know look at other internal movements or something. For the more senior roles, I would say we haven't defined it that clear, but it's of course longer, then it's like, okay, we would like to have a person who enjoyed this role for at least two years. Otherwise, you know, it's not a good good recruitment for us. We also try, of course, to measure and try to understand when we have a person ending before six months. So either on there, you know, that they didn't like it or that we end be- before the probation uh, is done. So we try to there really analyze what what, what happened here. we we'll look at test results. Like, could we find and Like, did we derail from what we actually said? Yes or no? We try to, of course, to do, uh, we do xx talks, of course, to... Uh, To try to extend, like what was the reason? And in some cases, you know, it was like, no, I got into this university program that I really wanted to take, or I got this dream offer. Okay, I understand. But in most cases, you could find things to learn. So that is definitely a metric we look at as well. People staying longer than six months, uh, for example.
0: It's so interesting. I think the way that, like, my definition here at Alva is a lot more vague where like in our talent strategy, we have like, you're supposed to be here for four years. And during those four years, you're supposed to have at least two roles. Like that's the, like the aim or like the average aim Then obviously like we would like some people to retire, but it's like in reality, there will also be people that stay here for like a lot shorter time period. But I like how defining it for each and every role or department can be a lot more edgy and helpful than that, like my vague four years. I think that's super interesting.
1: Yeah, because I guess everything relates to the onboarding, right? How how long does it take until they're ramped? And like, when do we actually get the output we want from them, and and the same as the other had, but I mean that's amazing. I mean our company is just five years, so to have that, like we would like you to say four years, I think it's it's a strong signal as well to to the employees. Like that's what we aim for. We want to create this good work environment that you want to stay at least for four years. That's a nice signal to them as well.
0: We could talk for hours. And as I said, your job sounds like my dream job, even though I also have my dream job. Still, (laughs) if I ever need a second dream job, I would come hang out with you, Amanda. Before we say teleho and goodbye, just trying to sum up what we've talked about or like sending our listeners um, off with some sort of takeaways, like, what would you recommend if someone wants to start measuring like performance, hiring accuracy,
1: what would be your advice to them? I would say to start identify like what is the core in this role. So try to be, and then, I mean, it doesn't have to be super ambitious, it doesn't have to be that much time. It could be, you know, you sitting down, try to like map out like, okay, when people are doing A, B, C, I think they're doing amazing. You know, get some some kind of feedback on that from the team or for the manager, and like to create some kind of foundation, okay, and then to to reflect, like how could we measure that? How could we see, okay, which persons does it? Which person doesn't? What kind of KPIs do they affect, etc. So try to, like you know, create a, a common understanding of what kind of things drives performance for us, and then, as I said, like also try to back. To make it reflect in the recruitment. Okay, but is, if these are the most important, how do we evaluate it? How do we measure it? And in what steps, etc. So I think that is the core to really and make it. I mean, some people does that on a company level. I think it's important to do on a role level. And as you say, it gets more like a role description, but just to identify like what are the actual core things that you need to do or that is good for you to do in order to perform. And of course, then the second, like, which is super challenging, but also so important, like, how could we measure it? How could we see? How could we find, like, okay, the, we are really doing these behaviors or we're we really doing these performance metrics?
0: That's a great way to end this very, very interesting conversation. Thank you so much for joining How We Hire Amanda. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah. And I guess uh, talk to you soon because this is a topic that uh, will is an, always ongoing. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.